This is the Pool Together Community Podcast. Pool Together is the world's number one no-loss prize savings account. You can visit pooltogether.com to deposit. You're listening to the Pool Together Community Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Millie Yearly, a.k.a. Tim, a.k.a. Hot Mike. And I'm here with Vincenzo from Tide, from a lot of things, really, from Five Element Labs. And we're going to talk startups. We're going to talk... We're going to talk hackathons. We're going to talk, you know, quests. We're going to talk about a lot of things. So, Vincenzo, thanks for being here with the Pool Together community on the podcast. Uh, thank you for hosting me here today. I'm uh, very keen to be here. So thank you, everyone. Hope you, you'll enjoy this conversation. For sure, for sure. So let's we, uh, start as we always do. How'd you get into crypto? Okay, well, let me introduce myself. So I'm Vincenzo Manzon, and I'm a co-founder of Favelements Labs, as you mentioned before. Favelements Labs is the company behind uh, Tide. I'm a professional in the Web3 space with uh, uh, three years of full-time experience in the industry. Prior to kicking off my career as an entrepreneur, I graduated in law and uh, worked as a consultant both in Italy and uh, in the United States. Well, I got into crypto many years ago at the beginning as an amateur, you know, fascinated by what was first Bitcoin and then Ethereum, especially this second technology fascinated me and my co-founder Silvio. And this helped us understand that uh, the future of internet was based on decentralization and on uh, what blockchain technology would have brought bring to the to the uh, internet stack technology. So this is the reason why we got into crypto and we started, uh, as mentioned before, in the last months of 2020 to be full-time in the industry. So looking at the Five Elements Labs, the, the, the website, you've done a lot of hackathons. Like you've, oh, yeah. You've, yeah. So, so yeah, how'd you get into hacking? Well, we are particularly proud of our track record in the hackathons, especially in the East Global hackathons. Well, we uh, started the Five Elements Labs with the purpose to form a very skilled team. So this is the reason why we started uh, participating in several hackathons, starting for, from uh, uh, the Unicode uh, back in uh, November 2021, where we were finalists and we won uh, grants from different protocols. So we understood this was the opportunity to make our guys, our developers, understand this new technology and learn how to code great uh, smart contracts and uh, great uh, protocols. So we started participating, as mentioned before, in these hackathons. And then we loved, you know, the atmosphere, uh, the lessons learned, and even the pace we obtained in growing ourselves and our skills. So we started participating to several hackathons, as you mentioned before. Uh, so we participated to several others. All, 20, all the 2022 years, year uh, has been filled with these opportunities. So we participated to the Lens Protocol Hackathon back in March 2022, in Dow Hacks back in April. Uh, and uh, I think uh, this path culminated in the uh, experience at the East Amsterdam of April 2022, where we've been uh, 
the fourth most awarded project. We developed there two different projects. Uh, one was called Archimedes and the other was called Lens Booster. And uh, both of them have been awarded by several protocols. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, this has been probably the, the, the most remarkable experience we had at the hackathons. But, yeah, we really enjoyed uh, participating in these hackathons because, you know, we, as mentioned before, had a team composed by professionals with different backgrounds, okay? But uh, we thought there's, that uh, these experiences could, uh, could have been the, you know, the catalyst to, to build shared values and uh, shared goals. So this is something that uh, makes us really proud and uh, we really enjoyed uh, uh, during the last year. So what are your tips on hackathons? Because I, as a non-technical person, got accepted into East Tokyo's hackathon. And so I'm Ooh. so pumped. I'm going to be there next week. And it's my first one. I mean, I sat around in the, in the hacker space at East Denver this past year. I got to hang out with, um, with Midpoint and Allie and Bab as they were submitting a project for that hackathon. And that was really cool. It was really cool just to be in the space. It was my favorite part of East Denver talking with the builders and it was also a really great place to pass out merch that that builders were like "Ooh, cool merch but but i'm gonna be at east tokyo and i don't yeah what do i do i don't have a team i have tons of ideas so so what's what's a good strategy for these hackathons well unfortunately i won't be at east tokyo and uh probably i regret this because uh, it it's really promising i think but uh, yeah to answer your question there are several i think good things to do at an hackathon. I think, uh, first of all, you, in, in this, you know, in these occasions, you can uh, meet a lot of people with different backgrounds that can enrich your skill set, can teach you a lot. So usually we uh, speak with a, a lot of people during the hackathons. We try to understand different point of views, how these different point of views lead to different solutions, maybe for the same problems. So we developed, I think, uh, a lot of openness, you know, uh, when participating at hackathons. Other, I think, uh, other uh, suggestions that I can give you, uh, the first could be to speak a lot as much as possible with uh, judges, try to understand what they really need, what uh, uh, they are trying to uh, develop on top of their protocols, because several times, uh, you know, in the, in the most of these hackathons, uh, uh, the protocols that are sponsoring them are trying to find new solutions to some problems they are encountering or to stimulate uh, brilliant hackers and developers to build uh, solutions that can be even useful uh, for protocols or for building uh, uh, something that is uh, enriching their technology. So I think that communicating with them, try to understand their point of view and uh, what they really need is really, really important. And this brought us to win several grants in the past because we didn't want it just to develop something that could be interesting virtually, okay, or uh, something that could be very sophisticated. We focused more on something that could bring an actual value, even in the short term. So basically, this helped us a lot in building solutions that could be 
that, that could be interesting for the judges. And this is something very, very important, I think. Another important thing is uh, try to understand, uh, even from a non-technical point of view, the real benefit that the solution uh, you are going to build uh, can, uh, can bring. So this is very, very important, I think. And uh, yeah, even the exposition of your solution that you develop is very, very important. And a lot of people, you know, underestimate this because uh, too many times uh, uh, the hackers or the developers try to focus on the technical side. This is the core point, of course. But even communication is really, really important. And another thing that I suggest is keep it fun because it's a really fun experience. You learn a lot, as mentioned before. And uh, even, you know, being a nice person and a, a nice person, okay, helps you in uh, convincing judges that your solution is better than others. <laughs> so this is, That's I good. think, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, now, the other thing I've noticed is like, there's kind of a theme that as far as like top projects fall under. So two years ago at ETH Denver, like a, I think the one that won or got, got Vitalik's vote as favorite, at least, was like a security thing like app where you would paste your code in and it would find vulnerabilities something like that and then this year the one that won was more of a public goods but i think i was thinking like whatever is like fashionable would win but i think what you're what you're saying is definitely right vincenzo is like no it's based on who's judging right so when vitalik's judging vitalik's thinking in a certain way but with a certain different judge panel they're going to be going a different way and it's going to be like you know selfish it's going to be like what projects they're representing I'm looking at East Tokyo, Tokyo site and it's just says speakers and judges. So it's kind of hard to tell who's a judge and who's a speaker, but I'm going to do my research. I really appreciate that. That's some great advice. But with five element labs, you have these two products, you have tide and you have orbit. And, um, I'm, I'm experienced with tide from the pull together community point of view, because we're looking at creating our own campaigns, our own quests, because we've seen a lot of success with, you know, layer three campaign right now the the polygon optimism galaxy quests that are happening but i think that there's there's you know an opportunity to do quests that that have like longer term holding sticky power sticking power i guess and so we've been looking at tide as a solution for that but i was i, I wondering if you could just walk us through both of these products uh, that that five elements is working on yeah okay thank you for this question so basically, as you mentioned before, we have two products. The first one is Orbit. We can define Orbit as an experiment. This is the first protocol we developed uh, from zero. So this has been like an experience to build the knowledge and the skills for the team. And we can say that at the moment, our core product, our flagship product is definitely tied. Uh, what you mentioned before is very interesting because we think that digital marketing is changing and even the relationship between users and businesses or projects uh, and uh, what we experienced during uh, 2022 is uh, very significant because uh, the marketing credential data grew at a great pace, in particular 38% a week, uh, especially from May, from late May of last year. So uh, we think that uh, this brand new way of performing digital marketing is 
pretty stuck at the moment and presents a lot of issues. To be more clear, I think that we think that uh, uh, there, this kind of quest too many times generate a lot of buzz, but a very low protocol activity, especially if we focus on uh, the actions that these quests are trying to incentivize. We can understand that most of campaigns uh, only request social media actions and 80% of uh, campaigns participants are bots. So uh, users that are not relevant for the protocols that are launching these quests. And if you go to the blockchain and analyze actually what is their balance of these wallets is less than $1. And I think no protocol is interested in involve uh, wallets that have less than $1 in balance. And another issue that we think is crucial right now, it is tackling the, 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 the right outcome of a quest is the lack of measurement. There are very few ways to effectively measure what's working and what's not working. And that's the reason why actually we are developing a very data-driven solution that can help businesses acquire and retain valuable users through data-driven quests. So basically, we implemented uh, an audience system to gate campaigns to, to relevant wallets only. So basically, audiences are a set of wallets that share some behavioral data. So, for example, if you performed at least uh, five trades on a, a specific protocol or on uh, a lending market, it depends on the broadness you want to give to this audience. You, can, you as a user, can be part of this, uh, of this audience. And uh, this helps us gate uh, this, the campaigns from non-organic activity and bots. Uh, a second important aspect is that we support uh, the support on-chain, off-chain, and custom actions. So basically, projects through Tide can incentivize the performance from users of on-chain, off-chain, and custom actions. And the tracking of the on-chain actions require no code. So basically, uh, you can require and track the deposit of for example, 100 bucks in a pool for more than 30 days. And this is verified automatically by our smart contracts. And uh, very soon it will be possible even to distribute quests in a much more efficient way. We think that the marketplace solution that is now the most relevant one is not working well. And uh, so, so this is the reason why we implemented a solution that will uh, let protocols embed quests directly on their website. And uh, yeah, this is a very, very quick overview on, uh, on uh, the quest and on uh, what type is. But yeah, we can even discuss further. Yeah, I think that there's two, there's two audiences for quests. The one is like the existing audience and enriching their experience. So right now there's like a Phyland quest that's happening for pool together where you can go claim like cool little objects based on actions that you took on polygon on pool together. And, and so uh, basically a lot of that is going to be rewarding existing depositors that are going to go in. If for new people to come into pool together, this is the ideal is that they're going to see these cute little, Oh, I want this for my filing. And they're going to go complete stuff to get the little statues, the little 
objects for their land. But it's it's going to be a heavier lift, right? If you're not experienced with pool together, you're going to have to go in and learn and like, okay, I got to go get a pool now. Where do I go get pool? Okay, I can deposit. What does even delegation mean? How do I do that? So there's this like, you know, existing rewards thing. And I think that's actually really helpful. And that's not sibilable, right? That's easy to protect from Sybil attacks because you're rewarding behavior that's already happened or, you know, you're kind of like, it's like an airdrop, like you've already done this. But then there's that, the, the thing that everybody wants, right, is the growth on the other side. You want to have new users, but then like, how do you prevent the sibling from the new users? How do you, you know, f- from bots and stuff? So you, you identified some of the, the ways to prevent that. But I think it's always just like the issue is like, you want to have quests, you want to have campaigns that onboard as many new people as possible but you also want to make sure that they are actual, you know, non-bot things. So, yeah. So, so if you, yeah, I just, any advice for like using Tide and like some, some great ways to onboard new people? Yeah, sure. So basically what you said is correct. I fully agree with what you just mentioned. Tide is pretty simple to be used. We developed Tide with in mind the, Typical, the average marketer that is uh, handling uh, marketing operations for DeFi and NFT projects. So what we usually suggest to projects that are using Tide is performing campaigns on a longer period, different kind of campaigns to be launched, quests, okay, to be launched, that can consist of uh, uh, different quests focused on uh, social media actions uh, at the beginning to grow the awareness about uh, the brand, about the product, uh, about the about some peculiar features of the product that uh, you want uh, your audience to be aware of. And uh, this is typically what we suggest for a beginning campaign, for a beginner campaign. Then you can sophisticate them and try to uh, reach mm, more... Uh, sophisticated and uh, uh, deep purposes like having attract new users and retain them. So we think that acquisition is very, very important, but even retention of users. And uh, this is something we saw, especially with airdrops. We we can talk about them even later. This is something we really care about. Uh, But yeah, this is what we suggest usually is to try to incentivize actions that involve a deposit or an action directly on a protocol, on the protocol of uh, the project launching the campaign, the series of quests. So basically through Tide is possible even to require actions, even defining the time framework of the action. So basically, as I said before, it is possible to ask users to deposit X amount of dollars or tokens in a pool of more for 10 days, 15 days, 20 days, 30 days, the time you prefer. And this is very important, I think. And the tracking is automatic. And uh, uh, what we suggest is even to leverage our advanced uh, analytics. So basically, after any campaign, any quest, we provide projects with uh, uh, analytics about uh, uh, the wallets that interacted with the campaign. So basically, we provide information about uh, the top apps they're using, their holdings, uh, the, um, the, the, the average 
top five apps used, the average top five chains, the average tokens held, the average protocols uh, users interact with. So you can gain a deep knowledge about uh, the behavior of the wallets interacting with your campaign so that you can better target them and offer them what they are really seeking for. So basically, you can even, in this way, you can, uh, you know, gather precious information to offer them better products or services. We, I can report uh, a case history. So we launched uh, a series of quests with, uh, two, with the different uh, protocols, but I, I, I'd like to mention two. A cool, a cool use case could be the NFT perp use case. So they launched their beta version on Tide, uh, leveraging our credentials to identify uh, the best wallets and users. So in, uh, I think it was like four weeks or five weeks now, I don't remember, they acquired 3,000 wallets with previous DeFi history. And 50% of the current users of NFT Perp hold the Tide credentials. So basically, have been onboarding uh, using Tide. They reached great uh, awareness about their brand. To be more, to be more precise, they uh, reached like plus 450% on social media and Discord growth. And uh, what we analyzed is that uh, the credential holders, so basically those who uh, participated in the campaign of NFT Perp were entitled to a percentage of the total token supply. So even a portion of the airdrop have been deployed by NFT Perp to incentivize uh, the action, the actions on their protocol. So uh, to recap what they asked users to do, they basically gamified um, the onboarding for their trading competition. They requested users to perform some social, some actions on social networks in order to grow their awareness, the, 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 their, the, the awareness of their brand and uh, what I said before. So uh, they made users perform these actions. And after the performance of these actions, they were entitled to mint the ticket to access NFT Perp trading competition. This ticket was a particular NFT, a dynamic NFT, we, 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 we tend to say, because the metadata of the NFT changed according to the performance during the trading competition. So it was like a ticket changing the, the data displayed based on what I really did on the protocol NFT. This could help project even in the longer term to understand who are their power users. They, I don't know if there, if there are whales in the, in the crowd, in the user, among the users, etc. But another interesting use case could be the Rodeo Finance use case. We are now collaborating with them. They uh, launched a six month loyalty program to attract high worth DeFi users. In the first month, they attracted almost 6K wallets with past DeFi history and uh, reached a plus 350% on social and, uh, and uh, on uh, Twitter and Discord, uh, Discord growth. We analyzed that 90% of current users of Rodeo hold at least one type credential and uh, they are incentivizing users 
uh, with a great portion of uh, the community token supply uh, that will be distributed using the Tide to the participants of the campaigns and to users of the protocol. That's really great. I like those use cases. Uh, and, and I'm noticing like with Orbit that there's, I would love to hear you talk about Orbit as well, this, this other yeah. product that you offer, because of it, it, it deals with something uh, that I've really been excited about with Pool Together being able to take advantage of, which is basically idle money. At least that's in my initial looking yeah. at looking at the site. I'm like, yes, there's all this stuff just sitting, like even if it's like dustbin type things. But, but there's always like, you know, Starbucks rewards, your Starbucks gift card balance sits there, right? That we've, we've got stuff in our wallets that, that just sits there. And how can we take advantage of that? How can we, how can we get yield on it? Or how can we, you know, how, like if you have USDC, I would love for pull together uh, to be like the auto deposit kind of thing. So anyways, if you could explain Orbit, uh, I just created a vault a smart vault yeah, sure, just now, sure. so I'm pumped about that. So Orbit is a liquidity transformation platform, so Orbit automates and optimizes uh, uh, DeFi strategies starting from Uniswap v3. We know that providing liquidity on Uniswap v3 is pretty complex for the granular liquidity okay, paradigm that uh, uh, Uniswap v3 um, developed, which is now pretty common in the AMM space, but at the time was pretty new, back in May 2022, sorry, May, May 2021. So basically, through Orbit, it is possible creating a smart vault, so basically a smart contract that uh, controls uh, your positions. It is possible to compound automatically the fees, which is Pretty simple, okay, but it's a feature that is that it was is not provided by Uniswap itself. So it, it is possible to maximize the API, the APY in this way. Another pretty useful uh, feature of Orbit is the rebalance, the automatic rebalance. So basically, you know that uh, once you're out of the ticket, out of the ticker, you don't earn fees. You are only exposed to impermanent loss, so you are losing money. Okay, uh, so Orbit automates uh, the operations of rebalancing, uh, helping you to be always uh, in uh, in the ticker and always earning fees. Of course, this uh, is balanced by another feature that we are pretty proud of, which is the idle liquidity feature. Uh, we think that, of course, as you, as you mentioned before, having idle liquidity is inefficient. So basically, it is possible to set uh, the possibility to deploy idle liquidity to other protocols, such as Aave, for example, once it's not convenient economically to uh, rebalance your position. So basically, if we see that, if uh, the smart contracts understand that is uh, more convenient to deploy the liquidity to other protocols, uh, this is performed automatically. Of course, you have to decide before, the, you have to opt in for this possibility before. So to, to summarize, uh, we can uh, see Orbit uh, as a strategy building layer for LP management that uh, helps uh, the users to manage their position in a passive way without actively manage the position and without actively operates uh, uh, on these protocols. So we want uh, to make uh, investors and traders' lives easier. That's the reason why we built uh, Orbit.
That's really great. I'm going to go back and listen to you explain that a couple more times because I want to understand it. And I'm looking at like the providing liquidity. You can import your Univ3 positions. There's this like regular price range. Then there's a zap, like you can just zap it and you pick like, like I'm just specifically looking at the USDC wrapped ETH pool and, and just thinking about, okay, yeah, so I'm, I'm comfortable in these positions. And then, and then what you just said about rebalancing versus you know, going to a different, like providing liquidity elsewhere might be a better option or something and how it can manage it. And yeah, I, I'm seeing more and more uh, smart vaults. I know that Pawn just released um, a, uh, an ability to have like a safe for your, you know, basically like a smart smart contract wallet to hold your um, NFTs that you're lending out and still be able to use them in like gaming and things like that. So this is like account abstraction a little bit, right? So you're automating stuff that needs to be, that is usually manual, which is really cool. Yeah. I would just love to see this like, yeah, like what's my, what's my version of this, my intelligence level, my smooth brain version of this. So anyway, yeah, really cool stuff. Uh, And I love that they're two very different products. Yeah. I wonder how you came to that. Like, did you just like have, you know, a friend who's really into into <laughs> quests, so you're like, we'll do a quest thing for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. So let's say that uh, our background is DeFi, so we started uh, our journey into the rabbit hole of crypto, uh, starting from DeFi. Uh, so because we we were very passionate about finance and the innovation that could have be that could have been brought by DeFi to this uh, sector. But uh, we soon understood that there were other emerging possibilities and markets in crypto space, uh, blockchain technology and smart contracts and automation uh, brought us to a brand new uh, paradigm, which is uh, the possibility to reinvent the relationship with the community, with uh, the user base, with the customers. And we think that NFTs have a great power in giving back to users, to customers, the ownership of part of what they bring to the community. So we started analyzing this, uh, this concept, and from this, we understood that uh, data are moving from uh, siloed databases of the technology infrastructure providers to blockchains, and this uh, is uh, a change in uh, in the way we interact with data and uh, even of ownership of this data. So in Web3, data are generated and owned by users, okay, while shared transparently in decentralized systems. We think that uh, there were opportunities to try to democratize uh, the, 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 the possibility to monetize the monetization opportunities of the data. We think that data are a commodity and uh, the owner of the data should be the user, not uh, the infrastructure provider. So what happened, for example, in Web2? And this uh, helped us understand that uh, soon uh, the digital identities of every user of the internet uh, will be composed by many credentials, many pieces of information describing uh, a little part of you. And every credential adds a piece to your user persona. So we think that in the near future, users in the internet, uh, on the web, will be able to selectively and 
discretionally disclose their data, monetizing them with the websites, with the protocols. And this will bring two different benefits. On one side, the monetization of, of the own data by users. On the other side, the possibility to access personalized experiences based on the disclosed data by the users. And uh, I think that right now, the web has a great difference uh, with respect to uh, the real life. No? Because if a person with a certain status enters a shop in the real life, uh, he or she will be treated in a certain manner, okay? which of course is very different from the way a normal person like me is treated when he enters a shop, for example. Uh, but this doesn't happen in the internet. On the internet, the user experience on a website is pretty the same for everyone because the data detection systems are not immediate and the website cannot offer personalized experiences based on user history or holdings. The tracking of data is performed by third parties and uh, these data are sold to the businesses to know who are the users, but are not the users that are giving the information, the data to the website. So we thought that the very first step um, towards this goal is providing a platform that can, can, uh, can be a layer of credential generation stimulated by the engagement, by the, by the possibility to, to incentivize interactions on the internet, to know better the users and to offer rewards, to give a consistent compensation over the time for users' activity to the users themselves. So this is what brought us to build, to build Tide. And we were even fascinated by the declining of airdrops because we thought that airdrops were, we think that airdrops are something that is very important in marketing in crypto space, but too many times have been managed in the wrong way. Initially, the reward model set by airdrops seemed to work as it, as it was incentivizing actions such as deposit liquidity, swaps, etc. All the on-chain activities that were possible that were incentivized. But after the incentives ended, this kind of activities turned to be not so useful for the projects because they diluted the brand equity and the token, the token value in uh, too many cases. So we defined airdrop like drugs, okay, that give you a big hit and then give you depression. <laughs> this this uh, happened with a lot of protocols, while at the same time we understood that uh, the possibility to, you know, consistently reward users over time can allow projects to maintain engagement and incentivize long-term participation. And this starts with credentials. So, as said before, piece of information describing some achievements, some uh, uh, behavioral data, or interactions in the internet. So, this is the main reason why we started Tide. It's interesting when you're talking about credentialing. There's like this: I want to be public, or I basically I want to choose the data that I reveal about myself to marketers, to you know protocols, to get a certain treatment or to get it to 
Right. So there's this balance of like anonymity and privacy. And then, and then there's the, but I also want to like own my data and then, you know, get rewarded for sharing my data, but then also have a customized experience so that I don't have to think about things. And the, the, the app just serves me up what it knows I already want because of my data. So there's this balance and it's interesting to like kind of toe the line between the two uh, that you're talking about. But Vincenzo, you mentioned the future. And so what is the future? Are you going to double down on these two apps? Are you going to do more apps? Are you going to, are you going to pick one app? Cause I even know, like, as we're working with you with pool together, you're building out features, you know, you're not even worried about scope creep. You're like, there's no such thing as scope creep. It's all product. Let's go. So, so yeah, please just clue us into the future of what five elements going to do in 2023 and 2024. Thank you very much for the questions. So basically what we see as the future right now is doubling down on tide. We are having a great traction so far. So we think that Tide could be a great product in the medium-long period. Of course, uh, uh, I think uh, we have to learn a lot talking with customers, with uh, partners, with uh, great minds in the industry. But uh, yeah, I think that Tide will be our major focus at least for the next two years. Hopefully, even in the longer, in, even even longer. But yeah, the near future is. Uh, uh, mainly focused on that. We are now developing a lot of new features for Tide, a lot of new implementations. We are making the, applica- the application better. We are building a new uh, user experience, which is much more effective and uh, even cooler. <laughs> and uh, yeah, basically we are focusing a lot on uh, data analytics, especially we want uh, our quest to become uh, data-driven, extremely data-driven, because we think that uh, uh, without data, you cannot iterate in the in the right way, especially when talking about marketing. And this is something that is not performed well right now by projects. So there's a huge opportunity in this, uh, in this field. And yeah, so I think we will double down on Tide and uh, of course, uh, you know, try to Try, try to let it become the most relevant app in the quest and data-driven marketing, web-free marketing uh, in the space. That's great. And that's, this goes on to like themes, right? So, so yes, credentialing is like so big, questing, and there's, there's a vast opportunity there. So what does business development look like for you, Vincenzo? I, th- I just assume you're just looking on, you're, you want it's like a B2B thing. You just want people to use the platform and through that, like protocols and apps, and through that, you're going to get the the customers. You're going to get that B2C. Is, is that the plan? What, what's your strategy? Well, no, actually. We think that we are developing a platform, an application, which is not so uh, comparable with uh, competitors in the market. We, we think that we are a B2B uh, service, so basically, we are uh, our business development is now focused on uh, involving projects, not users, because we offer them a tool that uh, can be leveraged. I repeat it with a no-code solution by marketers to launch over different websites or social media or on its own protocol, different quests to incentivize engagement and to try to. Uh, build uh, um, thriving communities. 
So we are not adopting this strategy to become like a marketplace where we try to bring all the customers and uh, then let the projects come. We are trying to follow the opposite approach. So basically bring the uh, bring in the, 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 the projects, build with them the solution they prefer, which is more convenient for them, which they find more effective, and then help them attract new users through our strategies and through our knowledge of the platform. So this is what we are uh, more focused about on right now about business developing gotcha gotcha yeah i'm thinking about uh and because you're doing everything right like you're a founder right so you're just you're doing all of the things but uh, (laughs) are you are you going after so so, yeah i'm just thinking about like who those bees are for you thinking about like okay yes it's like the pull togethers right the DeFi communities the Mm -hmm. you know the really strong communities that are going to show up and actually use the product but i'm wondering like i mean especially with all these zks coming out now Right, Polygon. You got ZK Era, which was ZK Light is Sync Light, and I'm like, there's just so many different things. So it's interesting, especially like with Pool Together, as we launched this hyperstructure, this new version of Pool Together, any token, any yield source, permissionless vaults, and one shared prize pool across those vaults. Um, you know, for for growth for Pool Together, what I think it looks like is going after tokens, going after yield sources. And then if we can find that perfect storm of platforms that host, you know, like wallets, apps, integrations, like, you know, so, so I wonder what's like a dream for you? Like who is, is like, what's that kind of like holy grail of like a campaign or a, you know, a, a deal that you could land? Yeah, well, very nice question, actually. So if I understood well, uh, you're asking me which would be the dream campaign, the dream program that uh, could be launched on Tide. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's say that I think Tide works well for loyalty programs. So I think that could be a great tool to be used for to, 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 to issue like passports, okay, to gain a loyalty program which is shared among different protocols and, and platforms. So basically, I think that Tide could be used for, yeah, for help uh, these uh, users uh, to build, uh, you know, like, a, uh, like a, a background, like a user persona that can be leveraged to access particular benefits or rewards with different uh, protocols. So I imagine like a super user of Tide that can access uh, better yields on uh, DeFi platforms or discounted gas fees on on others and so forth. So basically different benefits and rewards that you gained because you have uh, as a user a a certain uh, experience uh, on the different protocols, which is tracked by Tide, which you want to disclose. And so you can access these benefits and these rewards that are offered by the protocols using Tide. So this could be a great use case, and I think it is possible to to do it in the medium term. No, I like that a lot. And I'm thinking like, yeah, like who's the optimism super user or who's the Who's the, uh, you know, do, do they vote? I mean, this is like typical airdrop stuff, right? They're going to reward 
but but it's really cool to see it like not with an airdrop but actually see it in real time like hey i'm actually making a difference i'm actually like using the protocols i'm using the chain i'm i'm connecting with people i'm you know i, I so i i immediately go to our liriano who richard who's a community member at pull together Richard's everywhere. Richard is every like yeah. I go into a community call or I go into somewhere to like a Twitter space. Richard's there. You know, like I'm always I go into a party. I go into a happy hour in Manhattan. Richard's there. You know, it's just like Richard's there. So it, it would really, really be cool to see Richard being there, like represented in that credentialing, which is really yeah. that's re- that's really cool. And then I could see that even I love like what does that look like IRL? And so going to Tokyo. If like Richard had like the, the the most blinged out name tag ever, you know, based on credentialing, that sort of thing, that'd be, oh. that'd be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, Vincenzo, thank you so much for like sitting with us, talking with the Pull Together community. Uh, it's really cool to, to just like hear about just your thought process and your journey <laughs> in crypto. And it's very encouraging. And it's also like, it's kind of like, oh yeah, that's possible. I, that's the vibes I'm getting from our conversation. I just had, I'm going to out somebody. I got a DM and somebody's like, dude, what if, what if Denicio del Toro was like, what if we could do like marriage certificates or like, you know, like those social contracts on chain or something. So I'm outing his idea. But anyway, I just thought, you, you know, it's it, it, talking about this stuff gets, gets the ideas flowing, ideas pumping. So really appreciate you being here on the podcast. Thank you. No, thank you yeah. very much. It's been a pleasure for me being here and uh, hope uh, to be again here to speak uh, maybe in some years uh, and uh, how tight when becoming a great protocol. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I'm excited to see the Pull Together community use it as such, as it's already great. So keep building, keep shipping, and we're rooting, we're rooting for you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. Have a great evening, guys. Thanks for listening to the Pool Together Community Podcast. You can visit pooltogether.com to deposit. And we'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode. So visit the Pool Together Discord and let us know.